0: all right super good afternoon everybody uh, morning and um, some parts of the world and um, well many thanks everybody um for joining um today's virtual meetup um first um, um for netcore um all right um so with regards uh, to the panel um we're very glad uh, that they got the chance to join uh, uh bruno uh, will be one of our panelists um he's calling in all the way from brazil uh from outbank uh, bruno thank a quick brief of yourself Hi, everybody, I'm Bruno.
1: Uh, I'm the head of product and customer experience uh, in Outbank of Fintech here in Brazil. Uh, I've been working as a product manager for the last five years and with customer experience for the past eight years.
0: Perfect. And we are very excited uh, to get the chance to be able to add you to this panel.
2: And joining him will be uh, Sri uh, from uh, Rocket Lake. Hey, folks, I'm Sri co-founder and CEO of Rocket Lane. Uh, Previously uh, built products at places like uh, Freshworks and uh, that was after my previous company was acquired by them. Uh, Looking forward to a great conversation today.
0: Really appreciate it. Um, what I wanted to start with um, was a, f- a first question, um, which is what, according to you, are some great examples of brands. So Bruno, uh, Sri, um, you of course have a lot of experience building your own brand. What I wanted to ask each, each and every one of you was, um, is there anything at the moment, or maybe the past, where you've taken a lot of inspiration uh, from? Bruno, could I ask you this question first?
1: Yeah, for sure. One of the the products and brands that I like the most, and I think they do an amazing job, uh, is Miru, that was previously real-time board. Uh, I followed them since back then, when they were uh, real-time board, and they keep growing their, their product, and they have the the, the freemium possibility. Today, um, I have the paid version, and I've been using them for the past, I don't know, five years maybe or even more uh, and they just keep bringing every week more and more features so I think this is one of the best examples that I can, that I can give uh, that it's uh, B2B for B2C and, and, and they do a, a great job in this area. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Um, Sri, do you maybe have a similar um, example? Anything that you always want to say as an application user, whether it's as a consumer or as a business owner, I suppose, um, anything where you've gotten inspiration from uh, lately when it, when it comes to a brand, which is used product-led growth um, uh, very efficiently.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I actually have like a whole bunch of products that I, I mean, being someone from a product background uh, excited about a lot of products. I think uh some of them, which I feel are, you know, really great examples of uh, PLG. I, I would say, you know, Calendly is definitely one where uh, you experience it uh, as, as someone blocking time with someone else and you go, hey, wow, I, I should be able to do this as well, because going to make life easier for my, uh, you know, customers or vendors or whoever else is working with me. And it also has that network effect that if both of you are using Calendly, then it shows you... Uh, which slots you are also available in. So it becomes super easy to pick times. Uh, Slack, of course, I think like, I remember how when we came into Freshworks after an acquisition, ours was the only team using Slack. And by the time we left the company, uh, it was being implemented across like, a at that time, 2000 member organization at Freshworks. Uh, and I would say Figma. So there, there are these products which, give one level up from your experience uh, with similar products in the past, right? Like designers are so used to sharing different versions of their designs and doing a back and forth and instead Figma made it collaborative and live, right? So that level up brought in first more users into the design tool because now the product managers, engineers, everyone is on Figma uh, and and uh, you know turned it into a collaborative experience, right? Those are some examples that I love.
0: Perfect, Many thanks for that. Really appreciate it. And uh, Bruno, if I could just quickly uh, ask you one last follow-up question, because I think we just heard a couple of examples of what we personally enjoy over what we think are good examples of product-led uh, growth. Um, are, are there any examples which influence your current strategy when you look at your own p- product?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, at the end, when you talk about product, you always benchmark the best products that you know on the market. So uh, when, when you talk about banking, uh, it's a little bit more tricky to create products that uh, excel and it's quite different from the others because you have a lot of uh, legislation and regulation on top of that. But we, we always try to make things differently and more uh, transparent here. And one good thing, uh, bringing an example uh, that you brought us, uh, Figma is one of the greatest tools that we use here. And the collaboration is always something that we want to bring. But when we talk about banking, this, this, this gets a little bit more difficult, uh, but we, we always try to, to make things more simple. And, and Figma has a great usability that we always try to bring on. And, and also the connection between, the interaction between products, it's also amazing. So today you can just put Figma inside Miro or Miro inside Figma. And when you change one, you see on the other. So we, we always try also to bring other products inside our uh, landscape and and give access to our community uh, through our app. So today uh, we have access to other features that are not ours inside our app. So this is something that we always bring and try to leverage uh, inside
0: here. Got it, got it. Right. Super. No, no, no. Look, it's a very interesting perspective, I think, for, for all of us to Good hear here. how your own curiosity <laughs> or, or the applications that you use in day-to-day life, um, yeah, almost fuel your own, own roadmap or all strategic initiatives, um, especially coming from such a specific scenario as yours. Um, what is it, these B2C banking apps, um, of course. Um, Sri, could I love that question uh, to you, though, as well. Is, is there anything, like we've, we've talked a lot about inspiration um, at the moment, a lot of things that, that we like, maybe there's also some examples that we don't like, but, but is there anything that is that you think really fueled Yeah, your your, your perspective of how you try to incorporate product growth um, at Rocket Lake?
2: Absolutely, I think uh, my favorite example is Magic Links. So first saw that in Slack uh, as a way for you to join new sort of uh, Slack communities or Slack groups, right? So you, you don't need to create a login and a password. You get invited. You sort of click on that magic link. You can. You don't need to remember a password, right? And uh, ours, our product Rocket Lane is a collaborative project management tool. So it's, you need to invite your clients or customers to collaborate with you Uh, during that onboarding and implementation phase. And we use Magic Link so that we say, hey, you don't need to force your client to sign up. Let them just click on a Magic Link and come in, right? So that's one. Uh, The other uh, good example will be, uh, again, this is to do with collaboration where we've seen how uh, other PLG products, let's say in the uh, help desk space or chat space uh, use, private and shared experiences uh, coexist in, in one place. And this does not happen in project management tools, right? So if you want to invite a customer to your project, then you need to create a copy for yourself internally and then have one copy for where you can share what you want to share with the customer. So we brought that private versus shared into project management, again, borrowed from other sort of PLG products, uh, but you know felt it was like a strong idea that we can take to uh, uh take into our product i have seen you know the the interesting trend for me is borrowing from b2c into b2b uh for example figma now added uh, or slack and figma both have added this sort of huddle type feature where you know your clubhouse has this uh, voice based groups right so you can just get in and get out at any point in time have audio conversations so they've brought that into slack now just join a huddle or you know likewise sigma you're on the same page literally you can get further on the same page by talking with someone through audio
0: perfect many thanks for you i think that's a beautiful example um thanks to you both um i think i'd like to move to the next um topic topic in that that case um and the next one would be like in this error so to say, I guess it's 21st century. Um, I mean, is the era of, of like sales led um, and marketing led uh, uh, growth over? We talk a lot about uh, uh, product led growth, of course, uh, we keep touching on that, but, but does that mean that we exclude the others? Um, do we leave these uh, uh, behind? Uh, Bruno, could I maybe <clears throat> ask from your perspective as well, because I, I, I think, I mean, uh, for you might be a little bit uh, different, of course, I think word of mouth is, is, is a big channel um, um, for you. It's, it's, it's a lot of people who might, you know, use the application on a day to day basis, shows somebody within the, in, in their family. Um, like like how, how does your organization, um, what is it, do they ma- still make a lot of use of these other uh, growth factors, such as the sales and the marketing teams? Uh, yeah. So
1: when when we talk about uh, our bank, uh, we we don't have a sales team. Even though I think the sales team will continue to exist, as Krish mentioned, we have companies and we have products that it's required that we have a, a salesperson. Uh, but when when we talk about uh, digital products, uh, the sales team will keep decreasing and. Uh, more for B2C, and uh, even when they get more uh, specialized and more uh, for a specific usage, uh, you don't need actually a salesperson. As we mentioned here, you just see the product, you see someone using, you love it, and you just try it. And as Chris mentioned, if, if it fits you, you keep using, or otherwise you just drop and go to the next. Uh, marketing is still uh, more present, because when you just get into the marketing, it's difficult for you just to grow on mouth to mouth. Uh, You need to have a member get member experience or you need to show somehow. uh, And for example, here at OutBank, we are financial products. So people need to trust you. And if they don't see you, they don't trust you. So marketing is really important for us as a brand. And not as a product itself because if you don't trust the brand you won't use the product for the market that we are still on so marketing is still really important inside us and uh i see sales inside outbank as uh let me say as a business development team so they sell our vision and our mission to other companies and to other people to create partnerships and leverage our ecosystem and create better uh, partnerships for us. So you, I don't say that they died, but they just switch a little bit uh, what they do. They keep selling us, but they sell to a partner
0: or to someone to create a better environment for us. Understood. Understood, yeah they just get a get a very different role almost within your, your structure which i can absolutely imagine uh welcome yeah. to the b2c fintech app uh, of course and what what is that like for for you sri because i mean rocket lane um, uh, it's it's uh, not the oldest company yet it's all very very exciting you you know on the on this uh, journey this trajectory um how how would you say that these three levers of growth uh, go exist uh, at the moment at rocket lane
2: yeah i mean uh... Category is something that you need to look at, right? For example, for Rocket Lane, we are in a new emerging category. There aren't products that do what we do. We are sort of creating a new category. And so while there can be some product driven growth, you can't do it alone just as product growth, right? So you, you need marketing to sort of talk about what is this, what is, you know, why is this category important? Why should people pay attention to what we're doing? to get those first you know, set of people. I think it also depends on the stage of the company and stage of the category. So initially, you need to do some education in the market, which means marketing needs to really you know, contribute heavily at get-go. Um, and of course, I think sales needs to help leaders understand ROI. Uh, there are some products which will be more, uh, you know, individual users can, can find value on their own and then Uh, others around them can borrow and it sort of spreads into the team and that's the typical PLG sort of product in the B2B world but there are others where uh, a team as a whole needs to decide what to use right and hence that's where sales usually comes in where you need to work with the leader give them the right picture of what's uh, you know what what the team is going to tell the leader you need to give them that consolidated picture so that the leader can buy into the vision and then the team can uh, attest to it, right? Once they start trying the product. So that's I, I believe um, you can't say sales is done with or marketing is done with because uh, you know, really, really, there are organizations that are going to find what is their true strength. Is product important? I think it's, it's become hygiene that you need to have a kick-ass product to win because people compare you with the b2c product experience is even in the b2b world now and hence whatever you're building you need to have like a great product experience but product experience alone is not going to help you win in every kind of market uh, each stage of company and each stage of category may require a different play product should sell itself once you get to a certain stage yeah, yeah. super interesting,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, on my perspective, the product is the best uh post sales person. Uh, <laughs> because otherwise uh it, it doesn't sell itself, but it makes you keep using it. Yeah. So the post services is based on the product, I think. So
2: yeah. Actually, yeah, my- that brings one more thought to my mind. If you look at the, you know, the, there's this big momentum behind customer success as a uh, category, as a role, right? And if product were selling itself and growing itself, you wouldn't see customer success grow as much as it is growing. So it's not yet happening is what I would say.
0: It's a healthy mix of all of them. But I think that's an interesting insight that at least for, for all, all situations, there's no one size fits all, I think. Um, and that you all have you know clearly reviewed, hey, all right, we, we can get from this element, we can this much growth and it interlocks um with the other uh, elements at all times okay super uh thanks for that um i think i think we've already had some overlap um, i think throughout this uh, conversation uh, with regards uh, to this uh, topic um but what, what what does it exactly mean to you like like in, in internally is it is it something that is part of the design uh, philosophy um f- for example when you create um these products or what kind of I almost want to say position does it have within your organization uh Bruno do you maybe want to kick us off here yeah for sure uh
1: for me the 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 meaning of PLG is just to bring your attention to the user and its need and how they use your app or software as a service so you you stop looking into the buyer And you focus on the user itself. So if if user wants the product, it will convince the buyer if you're talking to a B2B or or a B2C because sometimes the user is not the buyer. So uh, when you see someone on a company uh, using a product so much and and saying that this is uh, important for the company and people start using it, the the company will buy the product. So uh, this is what uh, I see as PLG. It's focusing on the user and not on the buyer itself. So you you don't sell to who buy it, you sell it, who
0: use it. Yeah, absolutely. And Sri, any, any thoughts here?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. It's about like a mindset change in a way. Uh, once you start paying attention to, hey, I want to be product-led in some ways. I want because it's it's a it's a big lever for you to have. If your product is able to sell itself more, if your product is able to bring in new users, it's uh, you know definite advantage over other kinds of business models, right? Your customer acquisition cost goes down, your retention cost goes down. Your ex, you know, your NRR in the in B two B world, we all measure NRR now. Like, how are you growing year on year from the same cohort of users? And that's become the single most important metric. And that depends on, of course, customer success doing their role. But if the product can sort of automatically grow, you know, show use uh, for more teams within the company or more roles within the company, that's like a beautiful thing to be able to have for us for example like we uh, uh, i think job you may you may laugh at this but there's one company which is using us for customer onboarding but there's another team inside the company that said hey maybe we want to try this for sales as well right because that collaborative nature of the product uh, you know when, when another team sees it they they start getting ideas of how they can use this for a different use case and likewise it's also about Aligning your GTM motions based on having this in mind that, hey, I'm going to be more product-led. So what should I do to measure how my you know, product-led growth is working? Uh, our, our whole product is about uh, shared views with your customer through different project and collaboration journeys. So am I able to excite the customer to become my like my customer's customer about my product so that they also eventually become my customer. That's an interesting thing for us to think about and how to facilitate that, how to help them get curious about it. So while designing product, now we are actively, actively thinking about how do we build more capabilities which are going to help more teams or how do we build capabilities which make the customer side realize the benefit of the product so that they will also uh, figure out where they can use it. So it's just about that consciousness, which it brings to our product team um, and other teams as well, right? Because we now start, marketing starts thinking about how do I tell the story better for, uh, you know, the, the users of the product versus the business owners, et cetera, as well. understood understood
0: understood. um absolutely and and i think you touched upon one point which i would have a small follow-up question uh for you briefly mentioned some of the metrics um or 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 some of the stats that you use to you know measure the success um uh, are there any particular kpis that you use in order to almost want to say uh measure your, your product-like growth inside of your uh, company. Bruno, could, could I maybe ask you this first? Because I think from your perspective, I mean, app downloads, maybe time spent in the app, I would imagine could be true. Are there any other such um, um, yeah, data points, I would say, um, that you keep a close eye, eye on?
1: Yeah, uh, one of the key metrics that we measure for that is the member-get-member. Member. So actually, how many uh, new customers come from uh, invitation from others and on an uh, organic way. So uh, you see someone using it and you just want to download it. You, you, you didn't click on an ad. And the other one, it's the lifetime value uh, because once you 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 stay on the product for a longer time, the bigger your lifetime value. And, and we also use the flywheel uh to measure so the entire cycle to understand how many new uh clients are coming how many of them are being engaged once and at the end how how many of them are inviting others so you you create this cycle because the more clients will come in the more they will get engaged the more they will invite and this will always uh, speed up so this is a, the the key metrics that we keep a look here. So it's uh, referees, referrals, uh, and lifetime value,
2: and of course,
1: with customers.
2: In in B two B, we have the opportunity to learn with a few over a period of time, and then sort of fix problems. Versus, so to me, B two C is always scary because it feels it's very hit or miss. Right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, B2B is more iterative. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of metrics, I think health scores is definitely something we all look at now, right? Reactively and uh, early retention. So you have your retention cohorts, that's over a period of time, but also early adoption and retention uh, in terms of usage, which features are adopted, which, uh, you know, how many people are actively engaged because uh, B2B, you need to look at it at an account level. You may have one very active user, but if the rest of the folks aren't using your product, you may still, you know, uh, the, the consensus to buy your solution may go away, right? Uh, and in, especially in PLG, it then becomes, there's a few free users, the value may be more, uh, you know, the, the value you're trying to sell and, and charge for maybe when a whole team adopts it. But if it stays that only the individuals are using it and they're on a free plan, Uh, You can't move them to like a paid plan for them to see that, you know, network effect from it and so on within the company. Uh, And and I think the reason why onboarding related metrics, you know, adoption numbers, uh, feature usage, health scores are super important is because the GTM motion itself is going to be different for uh, heavily PLG products where you're going to say, hey, I see so many users in this company have started using my product. Let me go and sell to them now. Right? Uh, this is what a postman does. Postman, the developer yeah. tool. Right? So, uh, are, I'm sure there are a bunch of other dev tools as well that take this approach where they look at how many people are using it within an org. Once they see there's enough usage, that's when they're going to even go and sell. So it's important for that adoption to succeed okay. for you to create more opportunities that you can sell into perfect understood all right um, i'd like to move on to the next topic um, um,
0: in, the, in this case um taking a, a small step back right just from product like growth in general i think we've gotten a lot of like in-depth um, examples of how you currently uh, use it on a day-to-day basis which i think is is very uh, valuable um i wanted to grab this opportunity um, mostly maybe for my own interest as well um look you both come from a very exciting different space like you mentioned three you're almost sort of built your own new category uh, bruno for you as well the fintech industry fintech apps um, is it fair to say that it's on fire across the world i, I, I believe so is there anything you can share perhaps with the, with the audience um, of something that you notice that's currently going on uh, within your industry
1: yeah uh, on the on the on the product itself word uh what i see as a trend is partnerships and integrations. People are more and more opening their products and their features to be integrated with other products. And this way uh, we create a bigger community and I grow as you grow. Uh, and on the on the financial uh, industry, the new trend is open banking and data protection. Uh, this, these are the, the main topics and what is going on all over the globe. Uh, we have different uh, uh, ways of building it and doing it. We have interest-led uh, as in the US or we have uh, as a regulatory uh, as in Brazil uh, and UK uh, and European Union. But we have also countries as Australia that will not only do that for financial, they will do that for all of your uh, type of bills. So if your electricity uh, with your telecom and all the industries. So uh, sharing data and data uh, ownership, it's I think a trend that it's caught in my attention lately and it's letting a lot of change in the in the industry. even though people are opening more, they are also protecting it more. So even though you can share, you can also not share it uh, a while before you just didn't know what was
0: going on with your data got it now before it was a blind spot i mean we need to, to try to try to see like these two opposite forces almost and uh, we want to be open we want to be able to share everything and then we find yeah. out oh wait some information i mean especially in your case of course not a personal information uh, yeah. Um, the needs GDPR. To be safeguarded. yeah yeah gdpr so. and,
1: and open banking they, they go closely together and they don't yeah. work without each other so every every country that you see that create a gdpr uh, law right after they will have an open bank initiative. Uh, it's like yep. they, they don't work without each other, even though they are kind of the opposite. They need each right. other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think also for, from, from your, your perspective, um, look, of course, coming out of uh, Brazil, a, a huge uh, region, um, I have one question there, and that is, are there some users of bank uh, where it might be, let's say, the first time that they use a bank or an online bank? Um, Do do you maybe have any um, experience uh, to share there?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, We have uh, lots of uh, clients that we are the first bank account that they have. Uh, uh, And one difficult that we find is uh, small cities and and regions in Brazil, they don't have a bank branch. And that's why they don't have a bank account, uh, they don't have access to it, or they live on a slam, uh, or they, they live really far away from a big city or on a rural zone where you don't have a phone connection, but you have Wi-Fi. So digital banks are the only ways that they can have access to the financial system, uh, but they don't know how the financial system works and what they need to do to have access. So we try to create a product for those people where you can use the community to have a bank branch. So uh, at the beginning, our bank uh, catchphrase was be the bank, where you were a bank branch with your app. So you could do cash in and cash out for others. You could support them. You could open their account uh but this this didn't work as good as we thought so we pivoted the the company towards a new direction and now we are focusing more on people that want to increase and make a better life for themselves so we call them the planet people uh and we want to bring them an opportunity that normally they won't have on the financial system in brazil because here we have the highest Uh, interest rates. So our idea is to bring a product for them that won't hurt them and will make them make more money and not lose more money. Uh, And and this most of the times goes uh, for people with thin files that they don't have a historical credit history uh, with the financial system and we can bring
0: them inside and grow this together with them perfect all right well a very interesting insight many, many thanks for sharing uh, yeah. um, um, that and as Shri, perhaps from your perspective i would almost say creating a new category as you mentioned uh, for, from uh, scratch and uh, maybe there's not too many trends to go off since you're making one yourself but do you have anything yeah i don't know i was i was going to say that it inspired you uh um uh, from your perspective i
2: think uh Two things I would share. One is, I already said this, but the whole borrowing from B2C into B2B, I think is one uh, trend I see happening a lot where, uh, you know, experiences, uh, whether it be collaboration experiences or, you know, communication experiences. Uh, My last startup was about messaging for business to consumer messaging inside apps, right? So that was, again, basically we are all WhatsApping each other. Why not have that experience with a business? So borrow from B2C, bring it into B2B. Uh, our, it was still B2C, but, you know, our product was B2B, right? So that's that's one sort of uh, example. And the other, I would say, uh, trend, uh, you know, which, which I believe is growing is uh, the whole idea of community, right? I think we've had bulletin boards and so on forever, But now there is a certain momentum behind uh, being community first in a lot of places. think you know, Bruno also mentioned community so many times that I felt that itself is a trend, right? Because uh, from a marketing perspective, we are thinking like even before selling as Krish said at the beginning as well, being community first as a company, right? So how do we add value to people who we are going to sell to even before, you know, we, we want to have that conversation. How do we, create that thought leadership? How do we sort of uh, create a space for, for people to learn from each other? Uh, that's one. And then there's post-sale communities. And I think there are products targeting each of these, right? There's a product like Habitat, uh, which focuses on a pre-sale sort of community. And there's uh, products like Insighted, which focus on uh, post-sale like, customer community, right? Where people can help each other, brings down your support costs and people help each other out so there's there's all of these kinds of different tools that are also coming in because community is is becoming so important in fact recently i saw a product called threadover which was analytics for community right so you, you're all creating communities then you need analytics to understand how your communities are working so yeah it's in, it's interesting
0: All right, so so maybe piggybacking on, um, what is it the the current, uh, what I mentioned, industry trends um, that inspire you you as well. Um, One of the things, look, I think everybody on this call, it's a very geographically dispersed crowd. Um, I think we have quite a few continents uh, represented here. Um, With global customers come, maybe different demands, but also perhaps different generations have different expectations uh, um, of your product. Um, Bruno, you of course briefly uh, elaborated uh, Um, what is it, on on the kind of of, uh, segments uh, um, that you um, appeal to, um, of course. Um, Do you hear any other um, sounds from your customers or are they very different uh, uh, from uh, person to person uh, when it comes to your product?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely different generations uh, impacts us a lot. We we see a lot of uh, sons or grandsons teaching their parents or grandparents how to use a digital bank and telling them that they can trust it and try and use. Uh, So at the beginning, uh, we were reluctant when a son would call us and ask for help, you know, okay, I'm helping my dad and we are trying to do this or that. Uh, But then we saw that as as kind of a trend and, and this also create a new demand for us that it's uh, it's still under development, but uh, on your account, you can put uh, a second contact person that will help you uh, with your problems. So if you're an older person and you don't have, uh, you're not as savvy uh, as your grandchildren, you can put your grandchildren as the, the, the person that will help you and support you. And this person can call and he will have access to the to the support team uh, to help you. Uh, this 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 was a feedback from them to us. Okay, uh, I want to put you to talk to my son because I cannot do it. So this 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 create a new feature inside the app. So different generations definitely have uh, a, a high impact on us. The the new generation they they. They, they grow on the digital and they trust more. So uh, the, 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 the previous generation, when they, they go for a bank, they go for all, they, they choose only one bank. While when you see the new generation, they have like seven or eight different bank accounts where they use the best part of each of them. So this is a, a, a new scope for us. And when we talk about global customers, Uh, For sure, that will be a difference on our interest because the regulation will be different in different countries. So we are still focusing in Brazil and we want to build it right here before we we expand. So we are still not looking uh, globally, even though we have uh, the the vision to be on 20 countries in 20 years. But as of now, we are still
0: focusing in Brazil. Got it, got it, got it. Um, And, and, and Street, do you notice uh, different demands, uh, yeah, perhaps from um, the customers from different uh, continents, uh, for example, different different walks of life? Could you give us um, a brief insight?
2: Yeah, I mean, before I go there, I want to say I felt good about uh, Bruno saying that people from younger generations have multiple bank accounts. Because I just opened two more bank accounts recently, so I'm getting younger.
0: <laughs> there we go that's going to be key takeaway. <laughs> yeah
2: but uh, so so in terms of uh, you know different kinds of customers it's it's uh, it's very interesting right so i think the usability expectations of uh, younger uh, folks is is very different like they're not going to accept clunky software Right, it needs to feel modern and good. In fact, uh, our first hire for Rocketlane was a designer because we we had seen the impact of that. Uh, uh, and you know, I have one example. Uh, there's a person working in a call center. Uh, is from my uh, in in our previous company, uh, Freshworks, where I was leading a product called Fresh Chat. Uh, So this was at a big FinTech company in in, uh, Europe where uh, they had just started using our product. And a team member who had put in his papers, he was like resigning. Uh, He's uh, had exposure to our product as part of a training session that was ongoing for the introduction of our product. And he felt so compelled by it that, hey, this is like so interesting. I'm going to stick around for a couple of more months before I quit because I want to use this product, right? Wow. And I've never heard anything like this before. But never. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 uh, but, but when the customer tells you that, it felt like, oh, wow. I mean, uh, giving good quality tools to your team can actually... Uh, keep them motivated in their job for longer because they feel they're learning something, they feel they're, you know, using exciting software, they're leveling up by learning a new tool, right? So things like that. Uh, and I think uh, it's it's just, you know, expectations are sky high, right? People are used to, like, very simple experiences. They're, they're spoiled by Uber and uh, Tinder. Not spoiled, but, you know, the, the standard is high now. And uh, hence, I think you know the the younger generations expect that you know B2B software should be no different. And one more example I have is uh, ITSF tools, right? So there was actually example that one of uh, my previous colleagues used to give, where the way software is selected today has become more you know less top down, more bottom up, even if it's being sold to a leader, because the leader now says. Let's vote on these two tools that we are looking at to their team. And the team is gonna say, okay, I like this. I don't like that. So it's not just based on what the leader wants. It's also based on what the team wants. And that's the expectation of the team. They're not gonna use software that sucks. Understood, understood. All right, gentlemen, then many
0: thanks. Really appreciate um, all the insights I think that we've shared um, over uh, the last uh, little bit more than half an hour. Thanks everybody.